Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Paul Jones drug Tuesday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal, glad to have you along for the next hour. we got some high school hoops to talk about coming up tonight. Merritt got their season underway last night. Elk City will get going on Friday night. So just about everybody in the Paragon Network will be hitting the basketball floor by the end of the week. Everybody will be out and basketball seasons will be full go all across West Central Oklahoma. So we got some games tonight in the smaller schools we can talk about. Uh, college football. That's Jared what he thought about everything that happened over the weekend. Oklahoma State and Texas is the Big 12 title game. What happened down in Alabama. The unbelievable play um, on really on both sides, to be honest with you. Good and bad uh, for Alabama and for Auburn. And just everything going on around the country. Um, is the 12-team playoff the home run that we all think it might be? Like the no doubt grand slam home run that is it is assumed to be. Is it that? Uh, there were some dates leaked last night for maybe a possibility of SEC games for Oklahoma. One of them I thought was wildly interesting for when it was situated. Uh, Jeff Levy went to Mississippi State. Mike Elko to A&M. Did you happen to catch that press conference down in College Station? Good God. I'd rather watch a circus. Cult City. It's a cult. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Let's just be honest about what it is. Absolutely it is. Who will be the top four tonight? And who's your top ten going into the final week of the college football pre-bowl season? Uh, We'll wrap up the NFL week. Is it the end of the road for Bill Belichick in New England? And if so, where does he make sense next? Like he clearly seems like a dude that's just going to die on the sideline. He ain't quitting. He, ain't, he doesn't know how to do anything else but coach football. Where does he make sense next? Deron Bland setting records for the Cowboys. And then there was a list on ESPN this morning I thought was pretty interesting. It The, the top young players. It had like full, like two deeps on offense and defense. Like the two-year, I think two-year players, rookies. So who's set up? Are just the best young guys at every position. Because with the salary cap, got to be under 24. So best players under 24. Now, that was an interesting list that we can talk about. And then put our, uh, we'll have our NFL top five out there as well. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text, talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to, shine, to chime right in at 225-9698. Nine eight. If you're going to be outside the listening area, you can stay in touch with us a couple of ways. You can log on to KADSAM.com or you can download the app. The app has it all. Radio, Penny News, brand new edition that Penny News will hit the website at midnight tonight. Check out the deals at thepennynews.com as well. And then, of course, Big Elk and Paragon TV. We'll talk about the basketball coming up on Paragon TV tonight. And the Skinny on Sports podcast available anywhere where podcast drops. 
podcasts drop. How are you, Jared? Good. How are you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, good. Ate a lot and watched a lot of football. That's about it. It's the one time it feels like where it's acceptable to just do nothing and watch football. Absolutely. Yeah, and it helped when the weather got bad, too. I had no reason to go outside when it got real chilly. So, yeah, that's all I did. I got three meals out of that one meal. Out of, that, out of our Thanksgiving meal, I was able to, to muster out two more after that. I think that's pretty good. We're still eating. Really? Now, we also had four Thanksgivings. Well, that helps. So there's different items from each that made it their way back home. Yeah. But I, I actually, what we served on Thursday, I had for supper last night. Wow. Now that's stretching it out there. Well, there's just so much other stuff. It's hard to. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's hard to. Uh, I got, yeah, I got. Just eat one thing. You're right. I got three meals out of it in variations of it. You know, I like a like a ham sandwich, turkey sandwich. I mean, even a snack was thrown in the middle of one of those. And then we just reheated everything up on on uh, one of the nights. I can't remember. See, that's the one thing we didn't make it back home with was any turkey. Really? Gone. Really? Yep. Yeah, so it was good. Watched a lot of football to the point my wife was saying, really? More football. That's what I'm saying, though. It's acceptable over Thanksgiving weekend. That's what you do <laughs> over Thanksgiving weekend. Now, last night, I, I couldn't watch that debacle. That was a clown show, too. It was just a bad <laughs> that's game. It's a bad football, so I... I opted out of that one. So don't ask me anything of what happened between the Bears and Minnesota. A bad game. I know who won, but I don't care how. I needed that to be a giant shootout and Jordan Addison score a couple touchdowns fantasy-wise, and that's exactly the opposite of what we got. (laughs) Here's a question on the text line. Store-bought turkey versus wild turkey. Mm. Mm. Well, are you saying after you hunt it, you got to clean it and everything? As opposed to just buying the store bought. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I've been a part of one wild turkey. Um one time. Uh-huh. It was considerably darker meat. Yeah, well, yeah. Considerably yeah. than what you would get at the store. I just ate it. I didn't really prepare it necessarily. Yeah. So, I I I'll be honest with you. It's intriguing. It's it's more intriguing than like going to killing a a wild hog. You don't want to you don't want to eat that. Right. Right. It's intriguing. I just never. I've never. You know, had it. The the process I make a store bought turkey. I've never done with a wild turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've had wild turkey. I've hunted wild turkey. It's fun to hunt them, almost like deer. You can just call them in, and well, you can't call in a deer, but you sit there and. But uh, I'm trying to compare and contrast store-bought versus wild. I can't really remember, but you're right. It's a darker meat, maybe a little more gamier, leaner, because they're they're more they're not as fatty as the other ones as as those store-bought. They're ones. not injected with hormones. <laughs> to make right, them. right. A turkey. Uh, uh, they fly, dang it! They work yeah. out. They get their workout in. They run. I can go either way. Did you cut? Did you carve the turkey? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. I'm carving the turkey, and my littlest one, James, says, Dad, save me a leg. (laughs) I was like, you realize how big a turkey leg is? So I cut off that leg, put it on her plate, and she kind of looked at it and like, 
okay. She took one bite and that was it. She wanted to cut it up. We're getting some texts on the uh, wild turkey versus store-bought turkey. Here's one. It's much tougher, the wild turkey. Yeah. That's one thing I do re- I it think is. I remember. You're, you're, it almost you're like, chewing a little more. Yeah. Wild grain versus heavy corn mm-hmm. fed. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. It also seemed like it was more greasy. Yeah. A greasier piece of meat. Right. No, turkey was good. I like turkey. A lot of people don't like turkey. I like I, I, I like my turkey. I don't know if I like your turkey, but I like mine. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's very. I mean, that's fine. It's just like wild turkey. If you're the one who hunted it and shot it, probably and tastes cleaned better. it. You're probably feeling pretty good about yourself yeah. when you eat it. Well, yeah, that's, you know, you're saying, "Well, this is the best turkey I ever had," and everybody around you is going, <laughs> they're, "They're they're spitting out the shotgun pellets, <laughs> chewing it up." Uh, There's the neck. <laughs> that's good alright NFL football last night you mentioned the game last night it's not even worth talking about nah, my gosh on. it moving was just awful the Bears though the Bears do get the win but uh, Justin yeah. Fields lives for another day it wasn't very was not very uh, very pleasing to the eye just say that a lot of talk about with the way the quarterbacks in this draft are and how many quality ones it seems like there could be. The, the conversation throughout the league, it seems like, it, it is heavier toward the bottom and and who's going to have those top picks in the draft than it has been in years past. Mm-hmm. And one of the teams that has just been abysmal, especially offensively, throughout the entirety of the season, is the New England Patriots. And so then, of course, the conversation goes to is this Belichick's last run in New England? I think that's a very real possibility. But it's not going to be because he's not a good coach. I think it's going to be because he's not a very good GM. Look at that roster that the, that he has helped and and basically been the one that's orchestrated the moves to acquire these guys as the as the guy on and off the field. And that roster is awful. Lacking talent, especially on the offensive side. Do you think it literally is one of those things where they were so fortunate that Brady was able to lift guys up that weren't maybe as good as, as we thought? Or, or are we underselling some of the talents that I mean because you you always hear I didn't have any to throw to well he had what some people consider the greatest wide receiver of all time for a couple of seasons he had what some people consider the greatest tight end of all time for a whole bunch of seasons so you know I, I get it he had a bunch of short little white guys running around out there and that immediately makes you believe that they aren't as talented as some other skill position people but it, it didn't seem – is Brady just that good or was is Belichick losing his fastball with being able to identify some of these guys, some of these talented guys, and missing all of a sudden? Yeah, I don't know. It um, First off, the Alex Smith conversation that he had about playing in a week-week conference and it elevated Brady because he took advantage of playing in a week conference. I kind of giggled at that because I'm like, I don't care what conference you're in. If you win that many Super Bowls – you're doing something right. 
Yeah, but there's no Dude. doubt. There's no doubt playing in the NFC East all those years and just being gifted a division title and home playoff games, and also, you know, lack of injury because the other teams aren't any good. It, you know, it doesn't yeah. take a toll on you as much. Maybe that's where I think Alex Smith is trying to make a point. Right, and, and he's right. That division was terrible for a lot of that run. But I've seen, we've seen, I've seen a lot of, I mean, you could, in any sport, they play in a bad division, bad conference, whatever you want to call it, and they can't win at all. So that's where I give Brady credit. He's oh, sure. still a Super Bowl quarterback, winning quarterback, multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback. But back to Belichick, yeah, it, it uh, it is um, perplex. He, he's going to, you're right, he, he knows nothing, doesn't know what else to do other than coach they're in a hard spot don't you think between and how do you fire a coach that's brought you that many world titles if uh if you're the owner uh, help me massage man what's his name um robert Kraft. craft and how do you walk away from a place that's been I mean, all he's really known i mean so good to him i mean not all he's known but you know what i mean so that's where I'm in. Like, what? Where does the breakup? Who who initiates the breakup? Right? Who who does that? And I think it might be where it's not Kraft or Belichick who initiates the breakup. It's someone who comes to him. I know the questions on the rundown. Where where would he be suited for? If somebody comes to him, and goes, "Hey, Bill, it's not working out here. You know, why don't you come here? Expectations aren't very high here." In you, you could ride off into sunset here. So where would, where do you think that could be? Do you have a list? Mm, I, I think there's one spot that would maybe benefit from Belichick's experience. And also probably in his mind makes sense because it's not a total rebuild. What... It, what franchise out there feels like they pulled defeat from the jaws of victory more than anybody else? And this isn't just now. This has been an ongoing thing for two decades now. The one team that when you look when the season starts, and 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 by the way, the answer isn't Dallas. It's not Dallas, but it's like, man, their roster is really good. Man, they've got good players. Man, they've. But God, they just can't get it done. Why? Why aren't they getting it done? Look at who they've, they've got. This guy, they've got that guy. But they just got a loser mentality. It seems like. Who's that? I feel like it's San Diego. It is. It's the Chargers. Yeah, a million percent. Yeah, it's exactly who it is. It's the Chargers. You watch them. You know they've got a top what quarterback in the league whatever top five well, high on my list easily always, top yeah. 10 you know it feels like they've always got just certain players that are talented you know the, from the derwin james to cleo mack you know whoever it might be and then obviously on the offensive side of the ball with keenan allen and, and austin eckler you could start naming these names and you're thinking man that's a good team and yet the chargers always find a way to blow it always they just find, and in millions of different ways throughout the years have they found to blow games, which then end up blowing playoff games and messing up their season. 
So maybe that's maybe his influence kind of releases the hex on that franchise. I don't think he's going anywhere that I, if he, it has to have a what's the word to use here? Not even good, but an established quarterback that is good. Well, I just don't think he's going to. I don't. I don't think like we're getting, Car- he- we're getting Carolina on the text line. I don't think that interests him at all. To have to go through a total rebuild when he's been at the top of the mountain for so long. No, yeah, I, I just don't see it. And he's getting older in his seventies. I, you know, I, I'm thinking he's just like, for me, if he goes anywhere else, does he? He's looking at a kind of ready-made situation that maybe he can be. Maybe he's the missing piece. Yeah, and already has a a front office established where no bill. We're not going to let you ruin our roster like you did up there. We'll take care of that, bro. You just coach these guys. And you know what? That might be even enticing to him. Right. Less of a less responsibility. Just, just and coach. Here's the thing. He's an awful head coach. He's proven to be an awful head coach both stops he's been at. But Josh McDaniels is also a fantastic Offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. Look at what has happened. If you don't believe me, go back and look at the year that he spent with Mac Jones and how Mac Jones has performed since he left. It is night and day. Yeah. And now it looks like Mac Jones shouldn't be an NFL quarterback. And so does that entice Justin Herbert enough? I mean, it's not like Justin Herbert has to sign off on, on Bill Belichick being the coach. But I just wonder, you know, you hear Lincoln Riley's name floated a lot there just because they're in L.A., young quarterback, mm-hmm. style, and all that kind of stuff. But for me, if this is the end of Belichick in New New England, and you would assume there would be people that would love to have him be their head coach because of the success he's had over the years, I think the Chargers make a bunch of sense because there's no chance in hell Brandon Staley's still their coach next year. I can't believe he's going to coach this week. Yeah, it'd be warmer climate, and you wonder about the the cutoff hoodies. Would he have to <laughs> get rid of those? No, seriously, I think that might be a good spot for him. And that was actually before coming on there, reading our list of stuff to talk about. That was the first name that came to my mind was San Diego. Yeah, because it's by far the most intriguing job. E- even you know wherever Caleb Williams lands that's not going to be the situation that the Chargers are in mm-hmm. it's going to be a couple of years away and that's provided that he's even good we know Justin Herbert's good we know that team has talent they just almost need like a complete brainwash to like reset right everything that's going on sometimes change of leadership does that and and Gosh, wouldn't you think of, of all the guys that might be able to provide that change of leadership that Bill Belichick would be that guy, right? I mean, yeah. if anybody could if anybody could figure out a way to break the hex that is the Chargers, you'd think Bill Belichick would be that guy. So that's, that's I think that's a place to watch out for and a name to watch out for as we move along. All right, have you pulled up this list? So ESPN's got a list of – it's basically a two-deep offense and defense of the best players in the league under the age of 24. Kind of give you an idea of who is set up for the future. 
based on age. Yes, 24 and right. younger to make the list. So, you know, first couple of years type guys. There's one. It's kind of looking through. There's one team that at least in, a, in one position looks to be head and shoulders above everybody else set for the years and years to come. You know who that is? Well, before looking at this list, I thought Houston because I always start with quarterback. Well, he's the he's the number one quarterback according to C- this list. C.J. Stroud, yeah. C.J. Stroud. But, I, but I, just going off memory or knowledge and lack thereof, I don't know who's around him right now. But you would just assume that – I mean, they went and got this guy, so can they go draft some other guys and, and build around him? But this is based on what's on the roster – now yes so that kind of trumps what i just said but that was the first team that came to my mind was was houston and, and cj stroud and in company but who who do you who is it philly yeah that was second on my list Be- defensive those defensive line guys I, well and then the georgia guys yeah um how old is how old is uh hurts he's over 24 he is over 24 well i mean he's in college forever man he's an old man He's probably 25. But he's right there. But Philly, yeah, I, I thought of them too. Philly's got the guys inside on defense. But I thought Philly because offense. But I didn't – I mean, I should have thought about defense. They've, no, they don't have a soul on the offense. Wow. Here's the Chargers again, offensive line. Detroit's got some offensive guys. Line, tight end. You know who the second team quarterback is? On this list? Uh-huh. Well, I do because I picked pulled it up. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. That wild. But it, it's kind of wild because it, there's it's really pretty spread out. You know, you don't just see one team dominating this list that would make you think, "Oh yeah. Watch out." They've got enough of these young guys that, you know, it, you know, if you're looking for, like, say, Chiefs or somebody that's paid their quarterback and hoping to see, oh, awesome, they've got four or five of the best youngest players in the league, you don't really see that. Chiefs have got some, and, and not probably shockingly enough, it's all on the defensive side because it doesn't feel like the, any of their offensive guys are, are set to do much. And the younger, the the least proven they are. I thought that was fascinating because I really thought I was going to pull this list up and go, uh-oh, look out for – or this team has a bunch of staying power. And right. you really don't necessarily see that in a lot of ways. Just, yeah, it goes into what I've always loved about the NFL – over the years, and I think they've done it masterfully, is that they've created parity with, with, for whatever reason, for multiple reasons, whether it be draft order, uh, you know, determining that, the playoff format, whatever it is. But it just feels like it is always, there's always that year where there's a team you don't expect. I mean, maybe a team you do expect. There's a perennial powers, but doesn't guarantee that they're going to go and win the Super Bowl. And this kind of plays into that. you got all this young talent that is just – I mean, there's team – I'm scrolling through it, yeah. and I'm with you. I mean, there's like – I mean, 
you got the Jets, Seahawks. I'm just going in order. Jets, Seahawks, Kansas City, 49ers, Ravens, Dolphins. Have I mentioned them twice yet? Jacksonville. I mean, that's what I love about the NFL. Is that these the talent is spread out, which which breeds parity, which just gives you parity. And there's more, you know, any given Sunday you can get a really good game. Yeah, I think that the Eagles are the only ones that have first-teamers at the same position. That makes, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's pretty wild. You know, nobody has set up to have great receiver, you know? Yeah. And really and truly, they may be the only ones that have multiple first-teamers. Now, Detroit does. The Jets do. So there's a few that have at least multiple across the different all, all the different uh, categories, all the different positions. But there there is nobody that's kind of dominating that, as you might have seen years ago with the Seahawks, yeah. like as the Legion of Boom was getting started. A bunch of those guys were young, and that's why you know having Russell Wilson added to that was just perfect timing. And then once Russell Wilson got paid, things started to fall apart a little bit. And now you're seeing the kind of the bounce back of that. All right, what's your top five in the NFL this week? Uh, my top five, uh, I'll go five to one. Uh, Dallas stays right there, number five for me. I put Ravens at four, Chiefs three, 49ers two, and Eagles one. I mean, they just don't know how to lose, do they? The Eagles, and it sickens me to say this because of my rooting interest with Dallas, the Eagles are the exact opposite of the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles – Get done with the game, and you go, how in the world did they win that? They yeah. had no business winning that game. The Cowboys get done with the game, uh, an important game, and you go, how in the world did they lose that? They had no business losing. <laughs> and it just makes me sick that they're in the same division. Eagles 49ers this week. Yeah, I mean, it feels like Philly should have two or three more losses. Instead, they're right there still with only the one loss. You, re- you remember who beat them? Philly? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Jets. Yeah. Oh, Zach Wilson. Led by Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson's the only one to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but anyhow, uh, it's, the Eagles just, God. It's like you, you you think, oh, they're not that good, but beat them. Can't beat them. I mean, Tony Romo was saying it best that they just have that that pedigree of a champion or what, what was the phrase he was using and, and they just don't know it's just not in their dna to lose games and even when you thought minnesota was right they're gonna i'm sorry uh uh, uh not minnesota uh, buffalo was about there to take it from them there they go right down the field well I mean, they, they kick that that field goal was unbelievable 59 in, yarder in the rain in the rain and the crappy field and all of it and jake elliott just booms it right through there would have been good from 100 yeah and i thought they don't know how to lose. It's, it's, it's just amazing. Not the cards for them to lose. It's crazy. You think it's going to happen sooner, like it's building and building. It's going to happen. It just doesn't. Just doesn't. All right, my number five team is going to be the Jaguars. Jaguars. Okay. Jacksonville started out a little bit slow, but man, they have picked it up. And, and don't look now, but the AFC South is actually pretty decent. The Jaguars, the Colts, the Texans. Those are all pretty decent teams. It's not to the AFC North caliber. I'm not saying that. But AFC South is what a lot of people, me included, considered 
one of the worst divisions of football, that was completely wrong. They're pretty good. So I got the Jaguars at number five. I mean, the Cowboys beat up on bad teams. They're really good at that. But I don't. Uh, I'm beat. Remember that what you said about beat Philly in a couple of weeks. Yeah, but remember when you said about how did they lose that game? Yeah, and they did that early in the year against Arizona. But the, you know now they're like, okay, we're better than these teams. I mean, the Philly game, they should not have lost that game exactly. in Philly. Exactly. They should have won that game. You're right. But they find it. But, but they should be blowing out these bad teams. And they're doing these it. subpar team, and they're doing it. They get Seattle this week at home on Thursday. That's at, least a, at least a team with a winning yeah. record. Yeah. You know a team that I can't put in the top five, but who's playing like a top five team? Uh, and everybody left them for dead after they got 70 put on their head earlier this year. Uh, Miami? Denver. Oh, that was Denver, wasn't the it? The Broncos. That was Miami who did it to Denver, yeah. Yeah, they put 70 on on Denver, and then Denver's given up 80 points since. Six and five, you can't put them there, but Denver's playing really well. You know you know who's a pretty good coach? That Sean Payton fella. He's yeah. a pretty darn good coach. All right, I'm going to have uh, Jacksonville at five, Detroit at number four. They're my 5B, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, that, that was a... Brutal law. They should have not lost that game on Thanksgiving, but they did. I blame Jack Harlow and the horrible halftime performance. Yeah. Actually, you know, Dallas ought to get a little spot up. Dolly? 77? Hello. Everybody knew Dolly was going to win the halftime performances on Thursday. I think we all knew Dolly was going to win the upper part of the halftime. <laughs> I was shocked at the lower part <laughs> when she came out in the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader uniforms and her it's legs looked like Carrie Underwood's. Dolly. Dolly. Goodness gracious. She was great. Dolly was smoke show at 77 years old. <laughs> You're kidding me. Now, how'd you feel to be Detroit? You just got upstaged by Dolly. Nice Jack Harlow performance oh, you that got was there. horrible. It put me to sleep. Literally. Put me to sleep. Yeah, I'm a, just because of Dolly versus Jack Harlow, I'm taking Detroit out and putting Dallas in. <laughs> uh, then, let's see, San Francisco 3, they have a chance to be number one after this week if they can beat Philly. Um, Baltimore 2, Philly 1. Be my top five. Yeah, number one's definitely Dolly over the weekend. It's a perfect choice for a halftime performance. Because everybody, young and old, knows Dolly Parton songs. It's true. Did Jerry hit on her? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we'll be back on this Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday right here on the Skinny on Sports. 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Paul Jones Drug, located at 809 North Main right here in Elk City, is the oldest compounding pharmacy in town. That means they have the most experience with compounding. A free local delivery, drive through pickup. You can do some curbside testing or vaccinations, flu shots, that kind of thing. 
Long-term care unit packaging. They call them blister packs down at Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. Thank you to Rodney and all the gang down at Paul Jones Drug for their continued support of the show. All right, Jared, college football weekend. There is so much to unpack. Uh, you, you weren't with us yesterday. So what were your thoughts on what you saw? I guess, what, starting with the Egg Bowl on Thursday all the way through what we saw on Saturday night? Uh, a lot of fun. I love uh, the ri- I like how they put the rivalry week on Thanksgiving weekend. Makes me wish we had Bedlam this weekend, like on a Friday night. I, I, I'm all in for that. But, um, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, the first, I mean, you know, Egg Bowl was what it was. I think we knew the outcome was going to happen there. And then waking up to OUTCU and what better way to go out of the Big 12 than why not have a Big 12 shootout in Norman? And that's what we got. Offense was awesome. Defense was eh. Um, and then you had to sit and wait until Saturday to see, well, I guess Friday night with Texas and Texas Tech. Texas looked awesome against Tech. They finally look like a, a top four team, right? I mean, really, they haven't really since. I mean, because they've had some close wins between the OU game up till Friday night. They finally, that's a statement game, right? And they have another chance to make a statement next Saturday in the Big 12 championship game that really helps their case to get into the top four. So that was impressive for, for Texas to win the way they did. I mean, you feel they talked it up like you felt like that because it was going to be the last one, Texas, Texas Tech. So they're putting that. Well, this is kind of like bedlam, right? I mean, that that it's there's a lot of hate there, and it's the last one, and and Texas wouldn't have anything of that. And then on Saturday, man, um, the I was locked in to the game up in uh, up in Michigan. That was very fun. Always had a th- thought that I mean, if I was leaning here's the deal when you when it's a game like that I'm not a betting man but I always give the home team when they're closely matched like that like three points and that was the line I think it was like three and a half and it but it never felt like Michigan was really going to lose that game uh but credit o- uh, Ohio State uh playing their butts off that was a fun game to start Saturday and then Saturday yeah. afternoon Hang on. go ahead yeah I agree with you 100% until Ohio State got the ball down six. You thought the they were going to drive? Then all of a sudden it was like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. Michigan might lose this game. Oh, I was rooting for that. It, it was just like it was yeah. like out of nowhere. Well, I was rooting for Buckeyes just for all the outside noise that Michigan is doing and all that stuff. But I was the same but, way. It was like Michigan's going to win, Michigan's going to win. It felt like Michigan's game the whole time. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. If they go down here and score a touchdown, they win the game. You know what I thought? I thought this. Ohio State's been in this situation. Mm-hmm. In in. In Notre Dame, at Notre Dame. So I thought that was, we were going to see that again. Mm -hmm. And uh, the BYU OSU game, that was, uh, I mean, man, talk about what did I think? I mean, our man Sean Wilson always had that joke. I won't go into detail of the joke, but BYU was the prom date, right? Had a great time until the very end. Just a big tease. Just let us down. (laughs) That's what, Craig, and, but, Credit OSU sticking it out. I mean, with that, what was the twenty? What was the halftime? Score? Twenty-four to 24 six. Twenty-four to six at half, and BYU couldn't do anything in the second half. Whatever OSU did in the locker room, whatever was said, you heard there's some halftime speeches and stuff. But I give credit to Gundy for making adjustments, being more aggressive, and and um, and pulling out the win. 
and punching their ticket to the title or conference title game. Which I think what other games were on Saturday night? I kind of well, Alabama was going on it. right at the same time. I was going back and forth, right? Back and forth, back and forth. I went back to Stillwater, and then my phone blows up. Everyone's saying, I can't believe it. Now I've seen everything. Are you serious? And I thought, am I delayed on the OSU game? And then I realized I just missed the catch of the year. See, I wasn't where I was. I was at my father-in-law's, and there was a, a, a definite OSU flavor to the crowd. And so I didn't even consider touching the remote. <laughs> because, you know, that's in the midst of the comeback. Here yeah. we come. Or, yeah. And so I was kind of following – Will and I were kind of following the Alabama game on our phones a little bit. And then I see on the either my phone or maybe the bottom line watching the OHU game, like score alert. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Bama pulled it out, 27-24. Having no clue how it happened. How it happened. And then like at one of the breaks in the in the game, you know, let's take it to the studio and you see four like I immediately like I, I realized it was in Auburn. You know, that, okay, this is the, how did Alabama win this game? And I'm looking at I see the bottom of, the, of that game. It, it says fourth and goal. I'm like, what? Yeah, they're at the thirty. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean fourth? And, they, they're going to score. I, I literally said Alabama's going to score on fourth and goal from the thirty. As we're watching the highlight, and they throw it, and they and Will looks at me like, "How did you know that?" I said, "Well, I saw that they won. They they took the lead. Yeah, but I had no idea how." That, that was insane. That, that is college football at its finest, right? From like the, I mean, it wasn't really the end of the Ohio State Michigan game because those others were just kicking off. But from then through the end of the, you know, Oklahoma State went longer than a bunch of them because they obviously the double overtime and all that. That was like the best block of time of the whole season. Yeah, to, yeah. You know, uh, Washington. In Washington State, we're oh, that, down to that the wire. One too, that one, too. <clears throat> Did you see the play on the, fourth the, and one? Yes, it was amazing. It was like Great, a, a, reverse, play call. A, a reversed option. Love it. <laughs> you know, I it, loved just, it. it was incredible. That in, so those, all those games that, that had all those implications coming down to the very end at the same time, like that was a perfect time for the four box thing yeah, that, they, yeah. that ESPN's been doing. Um. You know, I said yesterday, Oklahoma State, it's, what an unbelievable, unbelievable season. And to me, that game on Saturday was like the exact replica of their season. Yeah. It starts out, they kick the field goal, they get a turnover. You know, it starts out okay. They get the turnover down deep, but they can't punch it in. So it's just 6 nothing. Then everything falls completely apart, and they just go down the tubes – Totally down the tubes to where you basically give up on them in the second half. The UCF game, obviously flashing back, but also so was the Houston game from a week ago. And then the second half, they just completely dominate. BYU had like 52 yards before that last drive where they somehow moved it down and kicked a 50-yard field goal in the rain. I mean, a couple of kicks... That kick, the one we talked about with the Eagles, I mean, they're like they, top whatever yeah. kicks of all time. I mean, that was difficulty. Horrible weather in yes. Stillwater. Horrible. And so, but it, it was like it followed their season to a T. Yeah. And then they, they pull it out in overtime. And man, it just incredible that Gundy was. It, this is nowhere near his best team. Nowhere near. This one isn't near as good as the one two years ago that went to the Big 12 title game with the chance to go to the playoff. This one isn't that. And so, to me, 
you almost have to consider this the best coaching job he may have has ever done. I just looked at a list of the top fifteen um, candidates. It's just it was just an an op ed. It wasn't an official list of candidates for coach of the year. But he needs to be somewhere in the discussion, wouldn't you say? Uh, Big Twelve coach Big of the 12 year. Coach of the year, uh, sure. I'm sure he will be. The only. The, to me, the only other guy that deserves any of a vote, and maybe Sarkeesian, because here's the thing. You know, a lot of – we're so used to, okay, the team that's favored to win wins. And for the most part, that's been Oklahoma, right, for, for all these years at the Big 12, especially, obviously, since Bob got there. And so there was, you're always looking for somebody different. The one thing you can say about Sarkeesian and, and his Big 12 Coach of the Year candidacy is Texas has been favored to win it a bunch of times. It hasn't. And yeah. So he actually got it done. Well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't trying to be critical mm-hmm. uh, earlier when I said there there's games. I mean, I'm trying to pick them up off the top of my head. The games those close went Kansas State, Kansas State, TCU, Houston, TCU, Houston. I mean, they could easily have four losses right now, maybe three. You know, but they didn't. But, but they don't. Mm-hmm. And those were games. This has been my favorite phrase of the last few weeks. Those are games that they lose last year, or the year before. They're winning them now. So, yeah, I give Sark a lot of credit for that. I think it would be Gundy. The other guy would be Matt Campbell. I mean, Iowa State was left for dead yeah, yeah, with yeah. all the gambling stuff to start the season. Yeah. And for him to, to turn that around 6-3 and three in the conference, only 7-5 and five overall, but still 6-3 and three in the Big 12, that that was a heck of a turnaround. That was a fun game. You don't, you don't get to see the snow games in college very often. No. Maybe just because it's a little bit earlier in the, in the, in the, in the, the calendar – you know, but that was cool. Yeah, that was the cool. stats out of that thing are unbelievable. <laughs> I think what Kansas State ran a hundred and something plays. Iowa State ran like thirty-eight. Iowa State didn't run a play inside Kansas State's thirty, and they won the game forty-two to thirty-five. I know we'll talk about this. I mean, we'll have time, but I know that we got players opting out. The players are transferring out. It looks like Kansas State's going through what OSU went through last year. A lot of players opting out going to the transfer portal yeah will howard will howard namely one of them and they're running back i believe i didn't i just saw will howard I I saw yesterday their, before their, i left they're running i don't know his name they're, they're starting running back will howard's out of there what's going up there what's going on in manhattan Will apple i don't know that's weird that was weird now let me flip the script real quick who's the worst coach in the big 12 who was the most disappointing i guess is the better question to ask mine's aranda or joey mcguire I don't know how much I don't know how much hype there really was for Baylor in the offseason. There was tons of it for Texas Tech. There was tons for Texas there was Tech. Tons and of they Texas almost Tech even hype. even or how they played Oregon, you know. Okay. They, Here's another one. Sonny Dykes. Oh yeah, he really touted himself saying I got They didn't even make a bowl game. Skill guys all over the place. They went from in you know, if you play OU's defense you do, but they went from the national title game to out of the bowl. Year by year. Yeah. I was racking my brain trying to figure out if that ever happened. Yeah, Treshawn Ward running back. So, I mean, that and that starts Monday in full force. Portal season officially yeah. opens. There's already people – you've already, you've already seen, hey, I'm entering the portal, a lot of different guys, but that official – that becomes official on Monday, and that's going to be – craziness you know what i learned a couple days ago what's that i didn't even realize dj graham was still on the team 
You didn't? Well, Tim Brando said on Saturday he was the best receiver you had. <laughs> I turned I turned those jokers off and synced it up with Toby and Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman, former OU star. I, I thought I was the only one thinking, are these guys just bad? The, the they're usually Tim not Brand, bad. They're usually not, but they were so disinterested in being there on a Friday morning. Spencer called his own quarterback at OU the wrong name. Yeah. Yeah. And Danny I, Bradley, my friend. Yeah. And I I checked Twitter, saw people were having the same problems I was having with them, but I thought, well, they're just homers, you know, they just don't no one likes their the play by play guys on TV. And then my, my guys were texting me and I said, This is bad. And one my friend said, Dude, sync it up with Toby. And I used to do that. You know what? I need to do that. And I did. Yeah, it they makes much more sense. Literally had a graphic. Talking about how DJ Graham was the best OU receiver this year, and he hasn't played. He hasn't played. <laughs> You're right. I, I yeah. I was like, huh? And yeah. then he now he's in the portal. I love it when people go in the portal, and people outside the program or even outside the state freak out and go, "They're leaving OU." Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, he hasn't really done much. He hadn't played. Um, okay, so with all that being said, how awesome this weekend was. Is this the only thing that makes the 12-team playoff next year not the Grand Slam home run that it seems to be? And what I mean by that is, do these regular season games that have always had so much importance and impact, mm -hmm. yeah. do they get knocked down a little bit of a peg because right. who cares? And, and even this week, okay – Georgia Bama is like the game. Right. Yeah. Because one of those two more than likely isn't going to the playoff. And oh, by the way, there's actually a chance if Alabama wins, neither go. Yeah. I mean that 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 world exists out there mm -hmm. to where Alabama can win this the NCC title game and neither of those teams go to the playoff. Absolutely. Maybe not likely, but it's a possibility at least. So how is this the one thing that you go, ah, we're going to lose yeah. a little bit, or do you not care? Because guess what? In in two weeks after, we get to see these the playoffs with with twelve well, teams. I mean, does it change the outcome of Ohio State Michigan if this was this is the same scenario next year? Because they were going to touting that game. I'm like, this is the first playoff game because yeah. it kind of right? is yeah. right. And do we? I think at the end of the day, whatever their records are, they're still wanting to beat each other pretty bad. Those are rivalry games. But I see what you're saying. I, I can see it takes a little luster off, a little, you know, like I mean. There was a lot of people, myself included, a lot of people in Norman, watching the OSU-BYU game because what it meant, it doesn't mean that they had an inside track to the playoff, but it meant they'll get into the Big 12 championship game. But like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what happens in Stillwater. We take care of it. We're fine. We took care of business on Friday. We, we can probably eke in at 11 seed, 10 seed, maybe an at-large, something like that. And then there's So it does make you wonder, does it take less eyeballs off the screen screens on the last regular season week of the year, uh, it it does maybe up top, but I think the 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 beauty of it is towards the bottom. There's yeah, way more yeah. people involved needing some upsets. I mean, it, yeah. at this time next year, yeah, Bama Georgia won't mean as much. Oregon Washington maybe won't mean as much. Texas Oklahoma State will. It'll mean the same for both. Right. Louisville Florida State will mean the same for both. Iowa and Michigan will mean the same for both. 
And so you might lose a little bit of luster on those marquee big-time matchups that we're so used to kind of being the end of the year. But I think you also gain so many more eyeballs from other places because their team still has a chance. You know, Tulane UTSA on Friday. Thursday, Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. Friday afternoon. People are glued to that. In the, it, fans of those teams, uh-huh. because man, win this, we got a chance to be in the playoff. Yeah, so it, that definitely help, it helps the smaller schools. It is does. What you're saying, and I, and I think it maybe even helps bigger school eyeballs go to the smaller schools because uh, they're yeah. going, hey, we're playing too late next week. That, that's probably who we we'll want to see. Who? Yeah, we want to watch them. Right. See what they're about. A little bit of that kind right. of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. When we come back, some high school hoops done. Do you have to do radio? Uh, no, I don't think, but I'll check. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll be back wrapping up a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday right here on the Skinny on Sports. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Wrap it up. A Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Convenience packaging. That's the individual packaging of your daily medication. No longer do you have to get out all your pill bottles and put them all in order and Fill up your pill, pill caddy for the days and the dough. No, 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 no. That headache is over. Paul Jones Drug does that for you. All you got to do is open it up, take your medications, boom, you're off for the day. They've got the durable medical equipment, which is your walkers, your canes, your crutches, wraps, braces, etc. They do accept most insurances, but not only is Paul Jones Drug there for all your medical needs, they're also there for your gift and greeting card needs. This is the perfect time of year. Everybody needs greeting cards. Everybody needs stocking stuffers. Everybody needs presents for their loved ones. Everybody needs a a dirty Santa gift that's a cool little knickknack that nobody else has. Paul Jones Drug is your place to go check those out and find those for yourself or for your loved ones or for your company Christmas party. Whatever it might be, Paul Jones Drug has gifts and greeting cards down there uh, that are really awesome. I think I got like three Christmas presents down there last year. Uh, at Paul Jones Drug. It's care you can trust right here in the Elk City area. 809 North Main Street is their address. 225-2121 is their phone number. Thank you to Rodney Skinner and all the gang down at Paul Jones Drug. All right, did you see the the leaked dates of a couple of those SEC yeah, games that are apparently, I guess apparently official. I don't, I don't uh, this is just like the NFL, right? You leak a few dates and then they're going to debut it sometime. It's in, next week, I next think. Next week, yeah. SEC Network is setting up this schedule special release show. And they released a bunch of dates. Two of those were were for Oklahoma, both home games. The one, the, the inaugural SEC game, according to the leak from last night, will be the third week of September. And it will be hosting one of the native sons, Josh Heupel and his Tennessee Volunteers will be on Owen Field 
for the inaugural SEC game for the Oklahoma Sooners versus the Tennessee Volunteers. And then the one that I found extra interesting was the second one, Jared. Now, and not only the the opponent, which, I mean, anytime when you figure out when Alabama comes to Oklahoma, that's going to be a big deal, right? And maybe it's later. Oh, it is. See, my first thought was, when I saw that date of November the 23rd, I thought, wow, the SEC moved the Iron Bowl off of Thanksgiving week? But they didn't. Thanksgiving is the 28th next year, so it's the week before. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I first saw it, I thought, no way, because kind of the way the dates fell this year. It was a little bit earlier yeah. on the calendar, but it's not. The 23rd. What do you think? I I, I was really kind of – I really was surprised – that, that that Alabama game, and even for Alabama, so now you're talking about if you're the Crimson Tide, your schedule next year, back-to-back weeks, you're in Norman, then you host Auburn for the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I, um, I like the first game, obviously being at home. I haven't seen – did they – I didn't dive too much into it. Did they do the same thing for Texas, their first SEC game in Austin? I'd assume they'd do that for him. Ooh, that's a good question. I, I don't know. But I do like it. I, I, I thought maybe on the road. but um, And it's interesting, too, because that means the first four games for Oklahoma, the, the first month of football for OU will be in Norman. Um, that's big, and hopefully they're all afternoon and night games for all that. For all that. But And then the Alabama game, that's depending on how – OU is leading up to that game. I could have, when you talk about big playoff implications, who knows what that means by then. Um, you know, you could catch a totally different Alabama team, that part of the – and typically under Nick Saban, you get the best Alabama team towards the end of the year and not the beginning of the year. So it should be a lot of fun as uh, uh, they come to Norman too. Pretty cool. I, I like the – scheduling and i like how they're leaking leaking this stuff out kind of teasing us with uh what we can expect you don't see the first of texas's schedule the the games that texas was released on this the notable matchups georgia at texas the 19th of october then you had texas at arkansas the 16th of november texas at texas a&m the 30th was saturday after thanksgiving so you don't see you know so you don't see Mm -hmm. the first uh question on the text line realistically how many wins for OU how do you know I think it's impossible to answer that question until you see who's on the team yeah I think it's impossible to answer that question for any college football team right now because you don't have any idea what that what what the roster looks like come next August the portal isn't even open yet you know it's just that those are heck even until you almost get to fall camp I think those are impossible questions to answer because you don't really know who's going to be on the team. I know I know everybody wants to just freak out and go, oh my gosh, look at this schedule. It's so much harder. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to tell you something. If Missouri can go 10-2 and two in the SEC, so can Oklahoma. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year, but I mean, let's not, let's not pretend like Missouri is the bastion of college football and they went 10-2 in the SEC just this year. Yeah. And they played for two sec titles their first two years in the league coming out of the big 12 so 
yes, it's it's tougher on a week by week basis. There's no doubt about that. There's not maybe as many, well, at least now, non Power Five teams like there was in the Big Twelve for this year since they're brand new. You know, the BYUs and those teams are brand new in the league. You don't have that in the SEC. But at the same time, I mean, some of that is a little overblown when you see some of the teams that are able to win the games and you compare them to what Oklahoma football is or what Texas football is. Come on. You know, there's a reason why those two teams, when they when they join the league next year, Oklahoma and Texas are at the toward way closer to the top of the league as programs than they are toward the bottom, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no way of knowing. There's no way. I mean, never easy to go to Death Valley at LSU, but what kind of team is LSU going to have? Dan, you know, I mean – You just don't know yet. You just don't. You have no clue. I mean, how much difference does – Was Missouri a one-and-done deal with this year, just having a really good year? Then you could easily see them struggling to win five, six games next year. That's the SEC for you. Well, and you, you just don't have any idea who could make drastic – I mean, one quarterback in the portal going from one school to another, whoever that could – I mean, th- that, those are massive switches mm-hmm. in the expectation. Um, what are your thoughts on Levy leaving? Uh, a lot of reports was going to happen, so it, you know he was a a guy everybody kind of wanted. Um, and then the ties there uh, with uh, Selman and, and OU and Levy, um, you know, you, you can't fault the guy for wanting who leaves for a head coaching job. It's hard to fault anybody for switching jobs. I, I don't. It's hard for me to do that, but um, that. Good luck to him. Hope he does well. It's going to be tough. I mean, you're going to a tough place, obviously the SEC, but Mississippi State, you're in the same state with, with Ole Miss and Kiffin and the, the division and all that stuff. So we'll see what he can do. Like, you know, then now the attention really is is who will replace him. How is that, you know, this is the first big hire for Venables uh, at a, a position area. So we'll we'll – I don't know. There's a lot of names being floated around. The UNLV guy was brought to my attention yesterday. A, a buddy of mine sent me a YouTube video of how he operates his offense, which is very intriguing, but I'm very apprehensive with bringing in. And the unit, I apologize, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I'm apprehensive of bringing in a new offense in year one of the SEC. I'd like to see more continuity in, in, in the transition than – a total overhaul of the offense. So, but the, also the guy's getting attention for some head coaching jobs like in Houston too. So, I don't see why he would pass up head coaching jobs over to go to an OC job. But that's going to be I, I there's going to be a lot of names floated around for that. My final thought on this, a lot of names floated around for the offensive uh coordinator position at OU. A lot of big names, flashy names, but I think we're going to get more of a safe hire from Venables. Someone like um, like Latrell. Yeah, but that that's I mean, kind of a long version of an answer for you. Brennan Marion, the name you're talking about. Thank uh, you. UNLV. Yeah, yeah. called the go go <clears throat> offense. Look it up. It's very intriguing. Two backs, almost exclusively two backs, which would be a totally different look than a lot of what we've seen here over the years. Yeah, I mean, Jim and Al were talking about yesterday. I, I agree 100 percent with what Jim said. You have to call. You know, Ryan Grubb at Washington, 
guy at Oregon is uh, make them tell you no. Make yeah. them tell you no. Right. I think yeah. I I really actually th- I think they will probably make a call to Kingsbury, kick the tires. Intriguing. But Holgerson. I don't think that one's there. I, I, don't, I really don't. <laughs> Scott Frost. Sound, yeah, I saw that name too. I, it sounds like Patty Hol- Gasso. Holgerson <laughs> may be in line for Arkansas as the offense coordinator. Yeah, really. And then of course the guys in house: Latrell, Emmett Jones, Joe John Finley. It, it doesn't. You know, it's it always been said that Joe John Finley would 100 percent go with Levy and be his offense coordinator. It doesn't sound like that's happening. Hmm. It sounds like if he takes guys, it'll be more on the analyst side of things, not actual position coaches, at least right now, from what the reporting is. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, just the one decommit so far uh, uh, from Oklahoma. Good luck saying his name. Yeah, yeah. But I, I will tell you, I mean, the key key guys in the Oklahoma recruiting class they seem committed. Have all kind of reaffirmed being committed to OU. Yeah. So. That's a, that's maybe a difference that we're already establishing with Venables versus Lincoln Riley, committing to the school and as opposed the to the coach. Right. Uh, at least in this, I mean, it's not obviously not the head coach leaving, but uh, you know that's the only kind of situation we can compare it to, and that's the way it, it looks at least right now. Okay, real quick, who's your top four tonight? My top four will who will it be? It'll be Michigan one, Georgia two. What? Oh my goodness! I'll say Washington three, Oregon four. Oh, Oregon over Florida State. Yeah, I do. I still have them there because they have that caveat of Washington and Oregon playing. See, see last see year it was going with this? last week. Florida State was fifth. Yeah, I got Florida State five, Texas so, six, Oregon jumping yeah. them. I think it'd be the undefeateds. Okay, but they they're obviously able to move guys around. We'll get into scenarios tomorrow after we see how it goes. Yeah. There's a lot of fascinating stuff out there. I'm rooting for absolute chaos. Me too. I thought we were on the verge of it, weren't we, last week? Give me Oregon. Give me Iowa. Texas winning. (laughs) Louisville winning. I want want like eight one-loss teams and then decipher it from there. Don't forget Paragon TV tonight. Sentinel at Eric. Cheyenne versus versus Hammond. Bingaroni goes to Arapaho Butler, Sharon Mutuals at Leedy, Hollis at Blair. Doubleheaders, 6.30 girls, 8 o'clock for the boys. ParagonTV.com. Everybody have a great day. Thanks for listening on the Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.